Is 5G safe or is it dangerous to humans, animals, and the environment? Welcome to Tech First with John Kutsir. There's a lot of concerns out there about 5G. We've all seen the pictures of the 5G cell towers and dead birds around them. A lot of people worrying about the radiation from 5G, and there's some snake oil products out there to protect you as well. I wrote on one of them just recently, a USB stick that's supposed to protect you from 5G radiation. Well, we're going to get the facts. We're going to talk to a scientist in Belgium. His name is Professor Wout Joseph, who leads a research group at the University of Ghent. Wout, welcome. Hello. Hi, John. Glad to have you here. Tell us, is 5G dangerous? Uh, difficult question already. Uh, uh, we, we cannot know for, su- for sure. Uh, what, we, we, what we will know is that it will satisfy uh, existing uh, guidelines. So there's uh, the USA IEEE guideline, there is ICNIRP, this is an international guideline. Um, uh, it will have to satisfy heating. Uh, what happens on the long term is just the same as 2G, 3G, 4G. Um, that has to be researched and is in continuous re- uh, uh, evaluation or research. So um, it will have to satisfy current scientific knowledge. It's just like uh, Corona. There's uncertainty here in uh, 5G radiation. There's also uncertainty and you have to cope with that. On the long term, we don't know. On the short term, we know it's heating. So that will have to satisfy guidelines. So. Talk about the difference between ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. Yeah, so 5G and all the all the telecommunication technologies are non-ionizing. I have to be clear about that. Uh, that means that um, uh, bounds between atoms and molecules in our in our body cannot be broken. Just like uh, like for uh, ionizing radiation, like um, uh, X-rays, radioactive radiation. That's ionizing, that can break these bounds. Non-ionizing, not possible. So that's why I come back to the heating effects for these technologies. So talk about that a little bit more. I mean, because when people think, when people hear radiation, they think uranium, they think plutonium, they think maybe x-rays or something like that. Uh, But this is, um, you're you're talking about radiation that cannot break the bonds of atoms and molecules. You're talking about radiation that that heats versus uh, breaks apart. Can you go into some more detail on that? What do you mean? Yeah, yes, indeed. Um, uh, it, it simply has not enough energy, meaning it has it's uh, radiating at lower frequencies. The frequencies are not high enough. The, the energy is not high enough to break these bounds. Uh, the effects are for radio frequency radiation, heating like uh, the easiest example is you put food in your microwave oven, you put it on, it comes out hot. So you get heating. So by the, uh, your mo- own mobile phone, by the towers, you get heated a bit. Uh, at very low frequencies, there are other effects that's neurostimulation, but for telecommunications, it's going to be heating. Talk about that a little bit. And you've also done some research on uh, the effects of that heating or that ionize, or non-ionizing radiation when you're using a 5G device versus somebody else who might be in the room while you're using a 5G device. Uh, that's a really good question. And that's the big difference between uh, 4G and 5G uh, from, from exposure perspective. So in uh, 4G, uh, we have uh, the effect of distance to the antenna, so further from the antenna, lower fields, and also the direction. Um, if you're in the main beam, you have the, or in the, in the main direction, you have the main radiation. 
But for 5G, there's new dimension, the user. Just like you say, when you're using, you will attract a beam towards you, uh, a good communication channel, in other words, and you will have higher exposure uh, during a short, short, shorter time than before because everything goes faster um, and locally. Um, uh, for uh, for um, the, uh, the non-user, so somebody else in, in the room, uh, far enough, uh, he or she will have, on average, lower exposure because it's really um, communication towards you, towards the user. And before, before 4G, everybody was just exposed. So you were walking around, everybody had the same exposure in that, in that uh, sector, you could say, but now you will get your own beam while you're using. So uh, non-users, on average, lower. Uh, while you're using, uh, this will be a short time, uh, higher uh, field value. That's quite interesting because, I mean, one of the concerns uh, that some people who have been concerned about 5G that, that they've raised is that we're putting a lot of radiation out in the environment, whether it's cellular, whether it's other forms, radio frequency, that sort of thing. And there are some people who claim a sensitivity to those things. But mm -hmm. what you're saying is that this is disproportionately impacting those who use the technology versus others who are just in the near uh, in the background somewhere. Yeah, yeah. The, the easiest thing to, to explain, uh, to say 4G versus 5G is uh, you will have a certain level for 4G. Um, 5G will be much, much lower, but now and then you will have such larger, larger peaks. And mm -hmm. that's when you're, when you're using. Um, I have to be honest, I'm just talking about the first test, the first simulations. There's, uh, this has to be uh, evaluated and validated. Uh, due to Corona, this is now difficult. Uh, but yes. after after this crisis, we'll be able to measure in commercial networks uh, instead of test sites like up to now. So in the testing that you've done so far, can you quantify how much radio frequency radiation you're getting exposed to when you're using 5G? Um, oh, uh, that's a difficult one. Um, uh, I have to say, commercially, we don't know uh, yet. This has to be has to be evaluated. But from test sites, uh, to give you a number around five, six volts per meter uh, doesn't say much, but you that's while you're using and for instance, continuously 100% streaming towards you. So that's not possible in practice, but that's a kind of maximum. Um, uh, when you're um, non-user, it goes to 0 0.3 volts per meter, so a much lower value. And these values are, um, yeah, the op mobile operators will have to satisfy the international guidelines. So like uh, the, these limits are around 60 volts per meter, for instance. So um, it's, it's while you're using, and it really depends on what you do. Uh, have, do you have a video call like we have now? You'll have more exposure than just uh, surfing on the internet. Or uh, when you do nothing, you have even, even less uh, yes. exposure. So you said, what was that number that you gave? Was it seven volts? Uh, six, typically six volt per meter from several sites, but this was quite close to the site, um, uh, less than 100 meters from the site, uh, from the from the base station. And it's, it's, it's not a number to focus on, really, because uh, I cannot give you the numbers in a commercial network. Uh, this has to be co to, to come later, but from tests, uh, this and worst case conditions, really. And so so quantify that for us a little bit, because Honestly, that means almost nothing to me. And that's why you're probably downplaying that number a little bit as well. Seven volts per meter. What does that mean? What would be a dangerous level? Well, dangerous in the, uh, in the sense of uh, reaching the limits for heating, uh, because some people will say dangerous on the long term. We cannot say, but danger, uh, the limits for heating 
um, is around 60 volts per meter. Uh, for that, for the frequencies, uh, I considered 3.5 gigahertz bands. So you could say uh, 10 times below it, but do not focus too much on that. The limits are, there's also a safety margin for that, a safety margin of 50. So uh, we have to be careful. It's not if the limits are exceeded that we have to panic immediately. There is yes. a safety margin to take in account sensitive people, children, um, uh, special conditions where you can have focusing and so on. To account for that, you have an additional safety factor in in the limits. So, talk a little bit about five G and and the changes that it brings from four G. Right? I mean, five G is much lower, uh, smaller transmission distance. Correct. So, you need many more towers in a given area. Is that correct? Most probably, uh, you will you will have you will have that. Five um, G is also a little bit, little bit misused as concept. Uh, like uh, I was explaining massive MIMO. This is a kind of technology like a base station with hundreds of antennas. In countries now you have now uh, you have just a limited number of antennas. Um, what you have in the States already, a lot of tests is at millimeter waves, so much higher frequencies. And this means indeed much shorter ranges. Um, but these higher frequencies enable us uh, very high bandwidths and with high bandwidths, huge data rates. And then, yeah, um, yeah really... Uh, fast transmissions, so video conferences on your mobile, like we have now with tens of people, uh, is, is possible. Yes, yes. Interesting, we have a comment here from Colin who says he lives on a hill and somebody, AT&T, wants to put a tower out there and the top of the tower is in sight line with his kitchen window and deck. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm guessing with 5G, he has less to be concerned about unless he's actually using it because he won't have a beam directed in his exact location. Is that correct? So that's a, that's a good question. If you live under a tower, and this is not dependent on two uh, on five G, it's also for two G, three G, four G. Um, it will not. Uh, you will have almost zero radiation. Uh, so uh, the radiation direction is really important. It's not only distance; it's the direction. And these antennas radiate far in the in the country. They want to reach other people, not your house. So you're below the main beam. And you will not have radiation or only leakage uh, due to this tower. Uh, then you say to me, I have connection, and that's from another tower further that will that you you will connect to. So um, to have low exposure, you can live under a high under under a base station. Then you will have the you're not in the main beam. It's a short distance, but you're in, not in the direction of the main beam of such an antenna. So an example of yeah uh, of yeah you would panic or be afraid for high exposure, but it's just a situation of low exposure. Yes, yes. Very, very interesting. Okay, so talk about some of the conspiracy theories and, and, and your thoughts on why those exist and, and uh, the rationale behind them and, and, and what we sh how we should communicate around those ideas. Yeah, um, uh, the reason is uh, you cannot see it. It's, it's, uh, you can't see it, you cannot feel it. Um, um, and it's a big uncertainty. We cannot say on the long term, do we get a cancer or not? We cannot say, uh, we cannot say anything about it. There are studies going on uh, to, to investigate this. And for, for instance, 5G, uh, you have to investigate over 20 years to get a cancer. So uh, we cannot say now whether we get cancers from, from, from 5G. So big uncertainty and you cannot, you cannot see it. So um, uh, people worry about that. And the conspiracy theories is uh, like... Uh, corona versus um, versus 5G. Yeah, there's no no relation at all. There's no scientific point to to have that. 
I, I really don't understand how they come up, except that it's two new things. 5G existed as new, and Corona was also new to us. So, um, and to communicate, the best thing you can do is um, inform people um, how it works, what it does, and um, uh, and uh, and be clear about uh, about it. So, um, like I tried to explain, distance from a base station, the direction. So, below a base station, you have lower radiation than uh, a little bit further where you see it. And then user or non-user, just like you mentioned in the beginning, this will, these are the three parameters which will influence your exposure. Well, very, very interesting and, and do appreciate your insight here. And I mean, it's, it's an interesting situation, right? Because you do have uh, people who are very concerned. We just talked about yeah. that, who are saying this is dangerous. We don't have data about that. But what you are actually telling me as a researcher into 5G is that we also do not have long-term data that it is safe over decades, correct? Yes, and and all I can say is that you will not, never be able to say it's safe. Somebody would say that, that's not possible. You cannot prove that this technology will always be safe, but that's with any technology, right? that's with any uh, new technology or, or uh, wireless te technology. Um, it's uh, it might be possible that in the future something will be found, but it's not possible to say uh, uh, it's 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 not dangerous. Uh, I see somebody commenting, but uh, in 20 years, uh, research knowledge can be better, and we we, we cannot we cannot say the chance. I, I, I agree, the chance is low, but scientifically, you cannot say it's it's uh, there will not there will be nothing. Um, yeah. One of the challenges with that, of course, is that if you are tending to be on a conspiracy theorist side, or if you tend to be on the maybe fearful of new technology, or maybe you're sensitive to these things, whatever, your health is compromised, you will say, well, scientists say you cannot be sure that it's safe. Is that a reason to stop 5G uh, networks from being built out, or is it not, in your no. opinion? I don't agree with to, to stop, stop stop that. It's like um, having a car, um, like in Belgium, and I think in the States much more, we have 800 deaths per year uh, in, in road accidents and in car accidents. That's proven uh, from 5G. I don't know about proven deaths uh, up to now. So um, it's new technology. It will enable applications like uh, self-driving cars, um, uh, industrial communications, uh, robotics, and so on. Uh, medical ro robots uh, doing surgery. So it's it's it, uh, yeah. Um, just having a call to to nine uh, to nine one one to an ambulance. It's it's also helpful. Eh, these technologies. So as a society, uh, you have to uh, agree there are sometimes risks. Like having a car is also a risk. Uh, but uh, having five G can also be a risk. But it will also have a purpose and, and uh, be helpful for people. Yes, yes, interesting. We do have one comment here. Can 5G clinical trials be conducted to, to determine guidelines? You talked about that a little bit earlier. Can you talk about that again? Clinical trials, yeah. Um, uh, that, that type of research is epidemiological research, uh, you mean? So you have a group of uh, healthy people and you look at people who are more exposed than others and see whether they develop a cancer or not on the long term. So that type of, of um, yeah, research uh, uh, is really important and can find, of, is valuable to find possible cancers or, or not. Clinical, really, 
uh, is then inviting people over, like hypersensitive people, you could invite them. And um, if they want to be exposed or not and see whether they can feel the radiation, that happens also. But that's already more um, uh, limited, limited groups. And then you have in vitro research. I think there is the most possible to, uh, research to find mechanisms is the less sexy research. It's, it's exposing cells and, uh, and see whether something happens with cells. Then you can find mechanisms. Um, the, most, the, the, the research uh, people like most is with humans, of course, and to see if something happens, but it's really difficult. Find somebody who is not exposed versus somebody who's uh, exposed. Um, that's difficult to find non-exposed people uh, nowadays, yeah, maybe in the rainforest, some Indians live there without exposure, but we are exposed by virus yeah. radiation. Eh? So yes. that makes it difficult. But that type of research, like like in the, the, the scope, which some person mentions here, is indeed needed for the long-term research. Excellent. And if somebody wants to follow your research in more detail, where can they do that? Um, through IMEC communication channel. So my, I'm involved with IMEC and, uh, or, or websites. Uh, I'm from the WAVE group, uh, IMEC Ghent University, and uh, there you find my, my papers. So I'm an engineer, so I'm the one who uh, develops the measurement procedures, how to measure, how to quantify, and how to measure correctly. To say, uh, when I say a value, that is the correct value. Um, so I'm, I'm the person developing these, uh, these methods to measure it correctly. And for 5G, it becomes quite uh, difficult or complicated. As the user is there, eh? I have to do. We have to do measurements with user, without user, different circumstances, and so on. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Tech First. My name is John Kutsir. I appreciate you being along for the ride, whatever platform you're watching on or listening on. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, all the above. If you're on the podcast later on, please rate it, review it. That would be a massive help. Thank you so much. Until next time, this is John Kutsir with Tech First.